G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Good to catch up with Family Voice Australia, Ashley Saunders, the National Director of Family Voice Australia, back with us. Hi, Ashley. Welcome back to 2020. Good. Thank you, Neil. It's great to be with you again. Hey, Ashley. Were you up late last night watching the opening ceremony for the Commonwealth Games? I watched uh, probably the last half of it. I had a meeting before that. But uh, uh, one of the things, I guess, that that um, happens about these things is that you, you'll always get some detractors and some people will say it was too long and some people will say that it was excellent and uh, and you'll have some commentary about all of that, I guess. Uh, you know, if I was giving my overall impression, I thought uh, it made Australia look warm and friendly and uh, were there some elements that were a little bit too long? I think there probably were. Uh, I think there was, uh, you know, if you're looking for controversies, uh, I don't know whether there was too much that was controversial. You might draw attention to the idea that there was a significant uh, focus on Indigenous culture happening inside the stadium and then there was a Indigenous protest going on outside. You could call that a controversy. Uh, yes, you could. It may be something of a paradox. So firstly, in terms of what was happening inside... Um, the, the, the significant areas of Australian culture that were displayed to much of the world were Indigenous culture and the beach culture, with the Indigenous culture taking very clearly front and centre stage. And while this was happening inside, while, uh, while Australian Indigenous culture was on display for much of the world to see, outside uh, there was a protest. And the, um, the paradox uh, or the dichotomy uh, is something that uh, appeared to me. Um, uh, are there some issues that need to be addressed in, in Australia regarding Indigenous matters? The answer is yes. Um, are they best going to be addressed by Australians embracing the need for Indigenous reform or are they going to be best addressed by protest? And I think the former more than the latter. Overall, Ashley, I thought it looked like a big ad for Gold Coast tourism and, of course, uh, Gold Coast tourism, a big ad for Australia because uh, the Gold Coast being one of our premier tourist destinations, we looked good and Migaloo took centre stage there, the Migaloo the white whale. I thought that was a good, uh, a good presentation. Wouldn't it have been even better if Migaloo had an eye that winked like the <laughs> Matilda the kangaroo back in 1982? I'm only joking about that. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that the way that the lighting was used and how that what was happening in the middle became postcards from the Gold Coast, I thought that was very creative and well done. And I think that's what we ought to have expected, that with 70 countries around the world participating in the Games, more than a billion people tuned in likely to have watched the opening ceremony, that it might be a wonderful ad for Australia, a wonderful ad for the Gold Coast, and I think they uh, they deserve a tick. Uh, we can probably say uh, well done to the organisers for that. Uh, some of the speeches I thought were a little bit long-winded. Did you catch many of those? Um, I didn't. That were, they were in the, the earlier part when I was at my meeting. But again, um, speeches at those events tend to be 
uh, long. Uh, one, I guess, of my, uh, my philosophies is people are actually not here for the speeches. People are here to be entertained. They've paid a price. Uh, let's keep the speeches to the minimum. I thought, I thought that the, the Queen's um, address that uh, Prince Philip uh, Prince Charles rather read. Uh, I, I thought that was a, an excellent uh, address, and I thought she summed up the mood of uh, of the games and the hopes for the games. And just to draw attention to the Gold Coast Mayor Tom Tate, who was there on the stage uh, with royalty and with the Prime Minister and with the Queensland Premier. Uh, yesterday I had that wonderful opportunity to talk to Mayor Tom Tate and we talked about him taking the opportunity to be baptised as a Christian believer uh, on the eve of the game. So really it was on Easter Sunday uh, through the waters of baptism in a very public event. He invited the media. There were 200 people there. It was a full immersion baptism uh, for people who were wondering what sort of baptism it was. And uh, he took the opportunity to testify to his faith in Christ and really even said his baptism was a baptism on behalf of the city of the Gold Coast. Uh, And him standing on stage there last night, I know that he was proudly there being the mayor of the Gold Coast, but I also sense proudly displaying his faith in Christ, having made that mark of declaration on Sunday. Did you have any thoughts about that, Ashley Saunders? Uh, Yes, sir. Again, for those listeners who haven't seen the front page of the Gold Coast Bulletin from earlier in the week, um, a great photo on the front page of the Gold Coast newspaper uh, saying, Tate baptised, and as he's going under the water, um, the photo was taken, and I love the caption. The the, the caption says, The Lord's Mayor. And uh, a great play on words and uh, a great testimony and but like I said last week, there is a sense in which anybody uh, who is in public life and um, puts their faith uh, on their chest, they put a target on their back. And I would encourage all people around Australia of faith to pray not only for Tom Tate, but to pray for all um, public Christians involved in public life. Uh, certainly deserves our prayers and needs our prayers. Uh, let's talk about some of the other pressing issues going on around the nation Ashley Saunders, uh, Peter Dutton on South African farmers. Uh, he's suggested that white farmers are being persecuted and deserved some special attention under Australia's humanitarian immigration program. Uh, what sort of thoughts do you have on the controversy that's come out of that uh, with regard to uh, white farmers? And clearly, uh, hundreds of farmers have been murdered over the years. I think last year's figures represent 74 murders over the past year. Uh, what are your thoughts on Peter Dutton and his comments? Uh, my first comment is that I'm amazed it's controversial. Uh, I am amazed that people who are pro-humanitarian causes, people who are pro-refugee, people who want Australia to take a better uh, and a more active role in in protecting people from other countries who need protection, uh, I'm amazed that uh, those people think it's controversial. Uh, It seems to me that uh, if somebody is uh, non-white, if somebody is uh, not a Christian, uh, if someone in particular is a a non-white, non-Christian female, then bring them over. But if they're white, if they're Christian, uh, if they're male, somehow or other we don't want them. And it it, it brings to mind the, the controversy when Tony Abbott was Prime Minister and where he was wanting... Um, some ethnic minorities from the Middle East 
who were being persecuted by their, by, because of their Christian faith. He wanted them to come over to Australia, and somehow or other, that was controversial. Um, I mean, and, and in that case, they were people who, uh, sure, the country was in the middle of a fight, but whoever won, this Christian minority was going to be persecuted. Um, and so we need to call those inconsistencies out, and we need to stand strongly and say, if it's good to protect uh, and to use Australia for the protection of those who are being persecuted overseas, it's not just for those who are uh, non-Christian, who are Muslim, who are Buddhist or something like that. It's good for, 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 for white male Christians as well. And I imagine that for listeners, no matter where you are, but a lot of listeners around Australia from regional, rural, uh, even farming communities, that if there were 74 murders of farmers over the past year, you might hope that someone was speaking up on your behalf. Uh, Let's move on. Uh, Police brutality in the news. A couple of incidents with a depressed man in Victoria and then uh, an alleged shop robber in Victoria and uh, some graphic footage of some levels of police brutality. Uh, Ashley Saunders, this is good to come to light. And uh, is there a Christian perspective that you have when it comes to issues like this of police brutality? Uh, Yes, we need to do a few things. We need to recognise that one or two incidents does not necessarily mean that all of the police officers in that state should be tarred with that brush. But beyond that... um, you know, one incident can be isolated but might indicate a culture at that police station, but two incidents at two totally different police stations, I think it's enough to ask the question, is there a culture that needs to be addressed? We spoke about culture last week, and is there a culture that needs to be addressed, that needs to be changed? Uh, we as um, Australian, especially those uh, of the Christian faith, we need to stand for the rule of law, that, that, that law is boss, that might is not power, and uh, we need to ensure, I think, that uh, that we hold um, those who serve us on our behalf, we support them, but we also hold them accountable. And so we need to um, do the best that we can um, to ensure that a culture of violence, a culture of um, taking the law into your own hands, uh, whether it's you, Neil, or me, or whether it's a police officer, none of us, Um, is entitled to take the law into our own hands and we need to stand up strongly for any cultural change that needs to happen to ensure that there is the rule of law, not the rule of might. And if there is punishment to be meted, it comes through the courts, not by police on the job. They have their own codes and regulations and those things that they need to conform to. Another issue, just as we sort of round things off here, Ashley Saunders, uh, an interesting observation that came via Miranda Devine, an article in the Daily Telegraph dating back to last week. Uh, the idea that we've reached an alarming point where children are coming home from school confused about whether they are girls or boys. And I know that there are a lot of listeners to this program who share those sorts of concerns. But when there is a story about the University of Technology in Sydney uh, training their first-year teachers uh, who are training to be primary and secondary school teachers uh, in a new course 
described as beyond culture diversity in context and with a big focus on gender fluidity, uh, then this is something that's going to filter through into the classroom into the years to come. What are your thoughts on what's happening in universities and the sorts of programs that universities are seeking to promote? I'm very concerned about how non-scientific ideology is just racing through our universities and other uh, institutions of learning because this gender theory is not scientific. Uh, In fact, it ignores the science. It makes up figures about people who um, are gender confused that that are not borne out by, by science, by statistics. It then indicates that somehow or other biology either has nothing to do with gender or is only um, one part of gender, that somehow or other gender identity is something that's bigger than our biology. It it is nothing more than an ideology that is baseless, um, that is dangerous and that is confusing. Uh, I was in Britain earlier this year, um, as you know, because I spoke to you uh, from Britain, And uh, one of the things I attended was a consultation at the Westminster Parliament about the proposal to have compulsory relationships, health and sex education in all schools from the age of five upwards next year. And one of the people from Northern England um, uh, raised a very important issue and he said, only last week a concerned and upset mum rang me about her five-year-old boy who'd come home from school uh, with a piece of paper where a photo of his head had been glued onto the picture of a girl uh, in a dress. And mum said, what's this about? And he said, our teacher today told us that we needed to choose whether we're a boy or a girl. Uh, This is a five-year-old boy uh, in Britain. And uh, these sorts of things are starting to happen in Australia as well. And uh, we need to reclaim the institutions. We need to ensure that they are institutions of learning, not institutions of indoctrination. We need to ensure that those who are studying to be teachers are learning um, how to teach, not learning how to indoctrinate. Uh, This is a very dangerous development. And I guess the link between this and our previous conversation about about white farmers uh, in Africa is that Wrapped up in all of this ideology is the idea that um, there are victims, victims being people of different races and all the rest of it, but then there are the perpetrators, and the perpetrator, the stereotypical perpetrator, is a white male. And so somehow or other, you know, we're the ones who um, all the victims have to rebel against. Uh, it, It is nothing more than very dangerous ideology and um, I'm glad that Miranda Devine has brought that into the light. And Ashley Saunders, I think an important point here, just as we wrap this up, uh, the idea of what perhaps churches might teach from the pulpit, uh, because there sometimes appears to be a reluctance to talk things political from the pulpit. But here, again, this is one of those things that, uh, where you need to unmask a deception because what we're talking about here is a theological issue, isn't it? Because there's no doubt from the Bible what we understand about gender. Uh, as Christians, we're quite predictable and quite clear on this and something we need to stand firm on. Yes, I'm going to make a heteronormative assumption. Uh, and for the benefit of your listeners, that's the label uh, that gets uh, gets. Uh, uh, given to anybody who doesn't buy into this um, radical ideology. But the the, the heteronormative statement I'm about to make is not mine. 
It's actually God's. In Genesis 1, where we read that God made humans male and female. Uh, It's part of God's pattern uh, for life. It's part of his pattern uh, in the human world as well as in the animal world. And um, it is very important that uh, people um, in churches understand that, uh, that this is an attack on God's word. It's an attack on God's order. It's an attack on God's pattern for, for life, for marriage and for family. Okay, well, just great getting your insights as always, Ashley Saunders, and I'll point people to Family Voice Australia, fava.org.au. Always enjoy your updates, and always thank you so much for great spiritual-based, biblically-based insights into the issues that are going on uh, that we're reading about in the newspapers, that we're seeing on the television news, that we're hearing about day-to-day, and so valuable to get great Christian insights. Uh, Ashley Saunders, thanks for joining us again today on 2020. It's my pleasure, and thank you for having me with you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.